0: Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au Okay. Today we get to talk, continue our series about acceptable sin. Acceptable sin. This series has been interesting, hasn't it, as we consider and ponder on different things and be challenged about what's, what's going on for us, what's happening in here, uh, as we consider particular, particular sins. And today we're talking about pride. We're going to have a look at what the Bible says about pride. We're going to look at what maybe we should be seeking as an alternate and what practical steps there might be in order to achieve that. So there's uh, lots to unpack today. On Wednesday night last last week, I was privileged to go to the uh, Horsham College Showcase, top performers I think they called it, and it was a delight of the uh, the senses really quite amazing. There's so many talented people that performed in so many different ways from videos that have been compiled to, to music, to drama, to dance, to so many different ways that was uh, presented to us. For me, I was very proud of Izzy and Abby, my daughters, who were both involved as they took a risk and stepped out and did things within their talent area um, for for the night there and that's okay that's 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 a good pride last week there was a visitor that came to this church and when they came here they said that they felt a sense of acceptance and welcome well that's that also made me feel really proud of who we are as a church family because that's a value that we hold in high regard to be a welcoming place so i was really proud i was proud of how we as a church family accepted that person and many other instances of that too on thursday i got got to go shopping with a friend who has a very different talent set from me but I was proud of how I stepped out of my talent area and stepped into creativity and bought some exciting fabrics for a a sensory room that we're putting together that we've got funding for, that we're putting in the back room up the back. So you'll see that unpack in the next few months. Very exciting project. And just ask the guys I work with, I get a little bit, ooh, (laughs) about it. But just to see it coming together and I was just like, ooh, oh, you could use this fabric here. I'm like, this is not not necessarily the area I'm strong at, but it just all started to pop and I was actually a little bit proud that I was able to do that. And that's okay too. That's okay too. It's okay to be proud of achievements for yourself. It's okay to be proud of achievements for friends, family, around you. But people can hear being proud enough to swell the heart but not the head <laughs> where is that point where being proud steps over into being a sin where is at that point where it goes from filling the heart to filling the head to being having a big head to being somebody that someone looks at and goes, hmm, hmm. We'll leave that thought for the moment and come back to that a little later on. I want you to have a little think with your next-door neighbours now. Easy, I might get... Oh, no, it is working. A question to ponder. What evil on earth bothers you the most. What evil on earth bothers you the most? Let's just like general types of evil, shall we say. So you've got like 30 seconds. Have a little quick whisper to the person next to you. What evil on earth bothers you the most? All right. Have we got anyone brave enough to yell one out? Abuse of children children down here. What else? Killing Killing in name of religion. Greed. Yep, dictators. sorry, dictators. dictators, yep, okay, yep, there's some pretty yuck evils there, yep, abuse of power, that's, I suppose that's dictators, that's what I wrote down in sexual abuse, that's, that's one that I wrote down too. Next question, what does God hate the most? What does God hate the most? Okay, quick chat to your neighbour. Okay, stop there because you'll probably keep going for a long time. Was it different? Did you have the same answer? Was it different? Same? Different? Tell me, tell me. Sin? Hypocrisy? Jesus was massive on hypocrisy. Yep, over here. Did we always have sin? Was that what? Separation from, him. Separation from him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sorry? Not accepting his son. Accepting his son. People that reject his son, absolutely. Yeah, and idolatry. We've just, you know, well done, everyone. They're great, great things. Yes. So many things that God hates. There's a little bit of a difference. Interesting just to ponder as well, the difference between the answers. What, what is it that we hate? What is it God hates? Is there, is there a reason for the difference? Is it right to have that difference? I want to have a look at 1 John chapter 2. So if you have your version app, you can get that going. If not, you can go with the old faithful. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. For in everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the Father from the world the world and its desires pass away but whoever does the will of God lives forever so the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes the pride of life comes not from the father but from the world so here remember we were talking before about the pride of the heart and the pride of the head so now we're starting to talk about the this pride, <laughs> okay? We're not talking about the wholesome, healthy pride. We're talking about the, ooh, hang on, it's, it's getting a little big, okay? Um, so just remember that as well. So the, the, the devil is causing in the world, has these things that have come, and pride of life, pride is one of those things in there. We need to unpack that a bit more. Find out what that means. Do you know, I heard, and I don't know where it came from, so I'm sorry I can't quote where it's from, but that pride, this kind of one, is like bad breath. So you don't know you've got it, but everybody else does. (laughs) You think about that. If you know somebody that is uh, suffering from this particular sin, hmm. It kind of is a bit obvious to you, but is it obvious to them? And sometimes it is just actually really difficult for us to observe it in ourselves, and we need other people to help us and to call things out in us. A little while ago, uh, as part of the call to worship, I read a, a, an anti psalm out. Uh, that time it was Psalm 23. Uh, right now, I'm going to read to you another one. Uh, this is Psalm 27. So it's actually not Psalm 27. Uh, if you want to look up Psalm 27, you can, but it's not going to be uh, what's written there because it's actually from the perspective of someone who's creatively written. This woman's called Kristen Stewart. She's written, rewritten Psalm 27, taking away that God is the number one and shifting shifting the picture to that the author of the psalm is number 1 so i'm going to have the words up on the screen you can follow along you don't have to you can just listen as well so this is anti psalm 27 my reputation is my glory and my salvation i fear everything My performance is where I find my identity. I live in constant anxiety. When the ways of the world chew me up and spit me out, I delight in seeing my adversaries and haters also struggle and stumble and fall. Things aren't going my way. My heart is filled with fear. Everyone's against me. I wallow, worry. And hide. One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in my dream home all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of my possessions and to inquire of my investments. For I will hide in my well-made shelter in the day of trouble. My self-sufficiency will be my cover I will lift myself up by my bootstraps. My pride in myself, I will lift up my head above my neighbours all around me and I will offer to them platitudes and looks of pity. I will take joy in all their accompli- all of my accomplishments. Hear me, God, when I cry aloud. Just give me what I want. You have said... I am the Lord your God. My heart says to you, I am the author of my story. Hide me from the light of your truth. Turn away from me so I can ignore you. I don't need any help. But cast me not off, forsake me not, in case I need your salvation. When I feel abandoned by others, I might need to feel like you are near. Teach me the way of worldly success and lead me on a level path because I like things to be easy. Give me not up to the way of the cross for suffering and having people hate me doesn't feel like my best life now. I believe I shall look Upon the success of my children in the land of the living. Think positively. If you dream it, it can happen. Think positively. Now, if you want to have a look at that, you can just simply Google anti-Psalm 27 and you can find it that way. And I I give you some homework if you wish to go and have a read of Psalm 27 and dwell in those words of Psalm 27, the richness of what God is giving us in those words. And then the opposite of what what the anti-Psalm, what the opposite picture is, it's a hard thing to look at. So sometimes a little bit close to home When I was thinking about pride, it led me to think about, well, what does pride, like pride is a sim, sin, is a kind of strange word, isn't it? Because it, we do get confused with the, the heart and the head kind of pride. So what other kind of words or terms or things can it lead to that actually kind of makes sense a bit more for my brain? So I'm a sequence kind of person. And these are some of the words that I discovered of what pride can lead to. Pride can be a source of disobedience to lawful superiors, to any superiors, because who are they to say what I can do? it can lead to bitterness because again I'm not willing to step down from the position that I have and so I start churning and continue churning and that churning can lead to bitterness. It can be hard-heartedness, be hypocrisy, boastfulness, it can complain a lot if you're full of pride can always talk about yourself. It can be, have, lead to presumption about people. Racism. If you're too proud to consider that other people are your equal, then you stepping into the possibility of thinking that your race, that you are better than others. It can lead to discrimination. Again, you think you deserve something that somebody else doesn't deserve, and so you discriminate. It can lead to magnifying other people's defects. Well, yeah, I know we're both not whatever, but (laughs) that person really is not very good at that. You know, I'm all right, I'm all right. In fact, I'm probably pretty good. It can lead to exaggeration. To exaggerate your talents, to talk yourself up into things that actually, maybe that's not your gifting area, you might not be a fantastic pianist, whatever it is. You might actually attribute something to yourself that you don't even have. If you're saying that you're, uh, you're too proud to even admit that you can't do something. I know I've seen it in a workplace where people have just said, yep, 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 I know how to use that program because they're too proud to actually say that they haven't ever learnt um, so that they're taught how to do it. Well, I was willing to teach them. I don't mind, but it was... It was uh, The problem in there, who they are, that they were too proud to actually admit that they couldn't do it. There's a lot of clues, isn't there, to this particular issue of being proud. Well, What can it lead to, these things? What can they lead to in society? Well, we talked about it a little bit um, in some of the evils that were mentioned before. Um, Social breakdown. If we have dictators that are in charge um, of countries or the world, my goodness, where are we going and what's happening? We can lead to war. But what about on an individual basis? Because none of us are world leaders here, so let's look at the individual side of it. What can it lead to for an individual? Now, remember we talked about before about the bad, bad breath thing. So if you've got bad breath, sorry if you do, and can someone around you like, let you know subtly sometime? Because it's not a nice thing. Because what happens when you've got bad breath? People take a step back, don't they? Hey, it's lovely to see you. I'll just uh, kind of, you know, sometimes it's hard. It can be hard. Now, I know we'll say we're very welcoming and yes we are I mentioned it before but sometimes it's just hard to overcome those difficulties of things like that and again being having uh being proud can lead to isolation because people take a step back because actually they're kind of sick of hearing just about you They're kind of sick of hearing about things that you're telling them that you can do and that have happened and they might not actually even be true or you kind of know they're exaggerating them and it's just hard to keep hearing that and so you step back and they become isolated and of course that then makes it harder and harder for them to reconnect. So isolation is a really big problem for being proud. It can lead to disillusionment and despair because you might think that you are achieving something or that you want to achieve something, but you can't do it because you're actually, well, for the example I gave before about the workplace, you're actually too proud to actually go back and start at the very beginning to ask how to do it and so you're not going to be able to do it and so you will fail. And that's hard. That's hard to see someone do simply because they don't. They won't ask. They won't ask. It can lead to a lack of breakthrough because if you think you know the right way, you're sure you've got it right, then, then you're going to push on push and go but what about God? Where's God's plan for that in your life? And so if you're not stepping where God wants you to be stepping, then you're not going to be having the breakthrough that God's got, got waiting for you. It's When it's our plan, we're waiting for the pats on the back and the compliments coming, but it doesn't actually mean that we're going to be heading in the place where God's got set for. Talking about God, let's delve back into the Bible. Let's have a look in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13. Proverbs 8:13 because what does the bible say about all this we've started on it but we're going to continue looking Proverbs 8:13 To fear the Lord is to hate evil I hate pride and arrogance evil behavior and perverse speech To fear the Lord is to hate evil I hate pride and arrogance evil behavior and perverse speech. Well, it's pretty strong words about pride. Let's have a look at another one. Let's have a look at Proverbs 16 verse 5. Proverbs 16 verse 5. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. The Lord detests So I think maybe we can list it as one of the things that God hates. He hates the proud. And if you think about all those things it leads to, you can start to picture, well, mm -hmm. yep. What does Jesus say about it? Let's have a look in Luke 14. We're jumping all over the place, but go to Luke 14. So Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and um, they were talking about places of honour and he says to them in Luke 14 verse 11 for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who exalt who humble themselves will be exalted. Okay, let's continue looking at what Jesus said in his, uh, his sermon, in the Sermon on the Mount, when he's um, in Matthew, Matthew 6, I think. Yes, yes, Matthew 6. Um, he's, he's been talking about all sorts of different things. And then at the beginning of Matthew 6, he says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them, to be seen by them. So that's where the pride is coming in, because you want what you're doing to be seen. You want the pats on the back. You want the things to be saying, isn't that person fantastic? (laughs) We're going to have a look a little bit further on a little bit later on in the message so um, because there's there's a bit more to unpack there but so it's pretty obvious that pride is not is not good but what do we do about it how do we overcome it what does the bible tell us and we've started to get some clues already in the bible about about it I mean God makes it very clear that it's no good and it's punishable but uh, what do we do well, this is one clue about maybe not the way to do it. Willpower will never succeed in dealing with the deeply ingrained habits of sin. That's a quote from Richard Foster, who's written an amazing book called Celebration of Discipline. But willpower will never succeed in dealing with the deeply ingrained habits of sin. It's not just enough to say, okay, stop that one, finished with it. I'm going to start living in a different way. It's not that simple. We need more than that. So what does Jesus tell us? In Matthew 11, verse 29. Matthew 11, verse 29. Such a great passage. I want to read more, but don't have time this morning. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls take my yoke upon you and learn from me because i am gentle and humble in heart humble in heart you know jesus is is just the example the epitome of humility and if you think of pride humility is like is the opposite isn't it pride and humility and jesus is telling us just Live like me, let me help you, walk with me, learn from me, learn from me and let me take my yoke upon, upon you. Just learn from me because if we learn and know Jesus, then we learn and know humility and that way we're not dwelling on the sin. But it's still a bit confusing, it's all just, yeah, okay, great, that's good knowledge, what do we do with it? while we're still pushing on, looking in. Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, and you um, you probably heard this one because it's pretty famous, I am the way, the truth, and the life. (laughs) Abby's over here acting out the song. (laughs) Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, I've heard that and sung that many, many, many times. But I heard it with a different kind of vision the other day I am the way the truth and the life I've been delving a lot into how do we live how do we live as Christian brothers and sisters how Jesus is calling us into his life into his life and how do we do that and this is This is a bit of a truth statement here from Eugene Peterson. Now, Eugene Peterson wrote the message, uh, the translation of the Bible, as well as a zillion other books. But this particular one is called The Jesus Way. And he said, The Jesus Way wedded to the Jesus truth brings about the Jesus life. The Jesus Way wedded to the Jesus truth brings about the Jesus life life. So it's not just a great song to sing. How about that? There's a lot more to it. That if the way to get the way, the truth and the life are so linked together, that the way of Jesus is the way that we practice and come to understand the truth of Jesus and living Jesus in our homes and in our workplaces, with our friends and with our family. So We know that we don't want pride, we know that we do want humility, we're starting to get a few clues about how, how, that we want to live the way of Jesus in his way, his truth and his life. How, 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 always the question, how. Let's go back and have a look at this list, this list of what pride results in. Just want you to just have a focus of that have that mentally in your, in your head. All these different things about what, what pride can lead to and what tools have, has Jesus given us? What tools has he given us in his word for us in, to know how to live his life? He's such a practical man. He, the Bible is full of practical, practical things. So let's have a look at some of those really practical things. There's a list of some different tools that I'm about to put up. Now these tools are are very biblically based. They've been refined by Richard Foster, who's the man I quoted before, and Dallas Willard. And you can, I want you to have a look at this list. When I show you the list, I want you to think about these, these types of things that we've got up here. When you have a look at the other list, have a think, what are the ones that would counteract these, okay? You got it? So we're we're trying to work out, maybe pick, well, I'm going to focus on three. You might have different ones, and that's okay. But what are the three that maybe will really help us to overcome these types of things, okay? All right, here's the list. Now, you might not understand all those words. Don't freak out. (laughs) Just look for the ones you do. Frugality, worship, sacrifice secrecy, celebration, chastity, study, solitude, fasting, confession, service, prayer, submission, fellowship, silence. I'm going to read it through again. Let's remember, we're trying to think, what are the ones that will help us to overcome? These are tools from the Bible. What are our biblical tools that we have? Chuck in our toolkit... So that we can overcome the sin of pride. Which are the ones that we can go, Okay, God, I've got them. I've got them. I've got these tools ready. Frugality, worship, sacrifice, secrecy, celebration, chastity, study, solitude, fasting, confession, service, prayer, submission, fellowship, silence. Okay, have a chat to the person next to you before you show what I think maybe the three are. I want to see you just have a quick chat. Just have a chat. What do you reckon? What would overcome pride? Now, I know some of them, it's like you've got to kind of, some of them are just always, but maybe what particular ones? Quick, 10 more seconds. What do you think? Well, let's see. Let's see if we've got any similar to what I thought. I'm happy to talk about it after. Oh, I heard a woohoo! <laughs> Secrecy. Confession. Submission. They're the top three. Now, look, hey, all of them are fantastic. And uh, I should have said before, these, these are particular sort of extra things. Some of them, like prayer, hello, it's a part of, our, like, all the time. But this is a particular um, gifting of discipline to step into it in a more intense way. Intense is probably not the right word to use. I don't want to frighten you all. This gives this is life, remember. This is leading to life, life and freedom. So let's have a look at these three. We've got time. Whew, that's good. Because it's really important to look at the how. Okay, we've got this, we've got this pride, Okay. But what are we going to do with it? Well, let's have a look at secrecy. How could, what does the teaching in the Word say about secrecy? How can that overcome pride? Now, some of you might not understand secrecy, and look, that's, I understand, because <laughs> it's confusing. In our world, secrets, secrets, are they good, are they bad? It's not talking about keeping secrets like that people tell you. That's not what this is. This type of secrecy is talking about abstaining from telling other people good things that you're doing, okay? That's what this secrecy is. So if you go and help someone, button up. <laughs> have you ever tried doing that? Some of you, you just get like, it. yeah, easy, easy. But if, if you particularly have pride as an issue in your life, that probably is not quite so easy. And that might be an indicator if you're not sure who pride's you, If you're, you're hearing this and you're going, that's a struggle. Then maybe you need to have a little think about whether pride might be a problem for you. So secrecy abstains from, from causing our good deeds and qualities to be known. And then we learn to love being unknown. And even accept when there's misunderstandings whew, uh, without any loss of peace joy, and purpose, without any loss of peace, joy, and purpose. And above all, secrecy teaches us to serve for love alone. That's it. Love alone. No notoriety, tree. Notoriety, tongue twister. Nobody else will know what you've done except for God, but nobody else will know. Let's go back and have a look at that Matthew passage that I said we're going to come back to. So Matthew chapter 6. The first verse we've already read. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. But what does it say in the next verse? So when you give to the needy, Do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, and be honoured by others. I tell you, truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. So don't announce it. Just do it. Just do it. So that's secrecy. Okay, let's go back and have a look at the list again. Confession. Confession. Whoa. Okay, so if pride is an issue, the last thing you want to happen is that you're found out. (laughs) The last thing you want to do is tell other people that that's your issue, okay, maybe that you didn't know how to do something, or that you have said that you're really good at blah, blah, and yeah, well, you're not so good, or that you've done blah, blah, whatever it is. You've made up stories. You've made up facts, and they're just not true. You've stretched the truth. It hurts to be found out. So why on earth would we go and tell anybody? That's exactly why. That's exactly why we would tell somebody. Because there is where God needs to do some work in you. If that's something that you've been doing, then you need to take a risk. You need to take a risk and step confidently or at least just shuffle to somebody you trust a brother or sister in Christ, and say, hey, there's something I need to talk to you about. Can I confess something to you? They don't need to have anything to do with it. Confession doesn't mean that the the other person needs to be involved. It's just a sharing of your heart of what's going on for you. Now, that might be that that's something you can do in a life group setting. It might be a one-on-one thing. It might be that you've got close friends that you can do that with. If you're not in a life group and you'd like to, please come and ask and we can organise for you to be, to be um, placed into a life group so that you can find that place of safety, of confession. Because if, particularly for pride, if this is something that's, that you're elevating yourself, you need to have someone or, some, or a group of friends that say... Hey, look, we're, we've got your back, okay? We'll call you out on something if we see it. We're happy for you to tell us. You can just keep checking in on us. It's a two-way street. There's stuff that oh, I'm gonna live here and da but it's okay. We'll keep the communication going and we can keep talking about it. Simply by having somebody that you, you know might be asking you about something means that next time when you're about to mm, stretch the truth a little, you'll be like, oh, hang on, <laughs> if I say that here, then I'm going to have to tell that to that person here. And of course, confession also happens to God. So where we can confess to, to friends, we confess to God. God is waiting to hear from us about the things in our heart that we can lay to him. And as we confess to friends, in the name of Christ, it's a freeing, it's a freeing. God is right there anyway. He is ready to take that, take my yoke upon you and I will give you rest. Learn from me, learn from me. You know, it might be that it's a long-held discrimination. It might be that you've actually kind of been working out that you've, you've got some traits of racism that you've kind of realised has been sitting there for a long time Now, that's really, really hard to have to tell people. But by telling people, it frees. It's a freedom. It's a freedom to be able to step in. And that's where the healing starts. Submission. Submission. Why submission? Well, again, if you're a person of pride, to have to step into submitting to somebody else, that's an uncomfortable place to be. It's a really uncomfortable place because submission is serving by example or submitting humbly to the oversight of other people. In the Bible, in 1 Peter 2 verses 8, I don't think I've got this on the slide. sorry, but it talks about how the slaves are asked to submit to their masters. But it's because we all outwardly can be doing what people ask, but inwardly we can be rebelling. So it needs. To, we need to be working on that inward. That inward picture. What is it that we're uh, able to release and drop by submitting? We're not holding it on. Remember, we talked about one of the things was bitterness. Well, this is the. This is where the bitterness can be solved. Is by submission. Submission. Whew! Lots, lots of different things there. <laughs> We've, we've been talking today about that God hates the pride. He hates pride and that it's a tool that the devil uses to get into us, to turn our attention away from God to self. It's a self-love sin and that pride leads to so many other sins and it result, result, results in isolation, disillusionment, lack of breakthrough. But luckily for us, Jesus modelled another way. He models humility. And, and we can learn how, to, how we can live in this humility by drawing closer to Jesus' way, to Jesus' truth, to live in the Jesus' life. So he gave us some tools and the three that I chose, but I'd love to hear what your thoughts were, were secrecy for pride, To be able to do good things without anyone else knowing. For confession, to find trusted Christian brothers and sisters, to be honest about what's happening in our lives and to share the real stuff together. And also to confess to God. And submission, to open up our eyes past ourselves, to submit to those around us and be willing to be in that place of vulnerability. Okay, so is this something that you need to be working on? Is pride, if you've been listening to this going, I feel uncomfortable because this is kind of me. If this is something for you, then it's okay. It's okay because we have the tools to overcome and the reason we have those tools to overcome is because God has given them to us. Because he is our saviour. He is our Lord and he loves us. He just loves us so much. That's why he's given us these things because he wants us to step into the richness and the ease of his life. His life is easy. It is easy when we follow his way. So as a team comes up and just keep finishing off here, is is it something that you need to get dealt with today? Is it something that you need to go and take to your life group? What is it that you need to do practically with the material that you've heard today? What is it that you need to do? Is it that Psalm 27 that you need to go home and dwell in and know richly who God is for you, that you can claim and know the truth of who God is, that he, that he is in charge of your life? Maybe you don't know God. And you're here going, well, there's a lot of information and a lot of process. That's okay, welcome. <laughs> if you want to know more about who this God is, today is a great day to be here. You can come and ask and we can pray with you. We're happy to do that always. There will be people up the front to pray with you. If you, would, if you felt the need that you need to confess something today, well, now's as good as time as any to start in that confession place. So as we finish off with our closing song and as we, we, uh, we get a chance to worship God together and to sing of his greatness, what a joy it is to be able to do that together. Don't pass this opportunity. if this, this is the time and this is the place that you need to receive prayer. Thank you, friends, for being here today. And may you just know of God's joy and love in your heart as you learn the easy path of knowing God.